the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. God demands that we walk in the purity of the life that He has given us. He has given us the light, and we therefore need to walk in it. Look at verse 3 again in our text. It says, But among you there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such, such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Walking with God means we walk in the path that God set for us. And that path is the path of holiness. Yeah, apparently, uh, these Ephesians were being deceived into thinking that God's grace will cover the sin that they continue to do without changing paths or directions. Now, walking with God means we change directions. Remember, we can see a lot of, we can say a lot about people's spiritual walk or walk with God by their spiritual footprints. We need to change directions to the direction of the path that God has given us. Walking with God means we sacrifice comfort in order to walk in the light that God, in the life that God has given us. It's part of our journey. Uh, those of you who, who walk like I walk every day, you know, uh, just so that I can get in, uh, in better health, uh, you know that it takes, you know, getting used to this type of thing, you know, you, know, you want to lose weight, you, you can walk, you know, you're going to exercise, you're going to do something. And, you know, you set a path that you follow. And then, you know, you get tired and you blame the path sometimes. It's too far. There's too many bumps on the road. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it, the, the, the ground is too hard. And we often blame the path. But sometimes it's, it's not the path. You know, sometimes you and I could be walking or living for God and still can get tangled with a lot of bad things and get entangled in sin and, and bad decisions. 
But it's not the path. It's what's in the way, you know? It's what's in the way of our walk. The path can be the path no matter what it is. It could be an incline. It could be difficult to tread. It could be rough. It could be anything, but it's not the path. If you're walking in the right path, expect trouble, expect hardships, but it's not the path that brings us down. It's what's in the way of the path that God has given us, the Christian life that that God has given us. You know, you're walking with God and you're also hanging out with people who hate God. You know, you, 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 don't, you don't do the things that you know is incumbent upon you to live that life. Incumbent upon me to live that life. And then we wonder why is it so difficult to walk this path that God has given me in my life. It's not the path. It's what's in the way. You know, I have, I have uh, uh, crystals in my joints because you know, I, I have uric acid. That means I have gout. Okay, to make, make it simple. Uh, and... and um, and the doctor says, well, you know, you have to walk. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to give you some medication for, the, for the, uh, the gout so that you can walk and, and exercise. So I said, oh, that's a, that's, that's a good deal. So I started taking this medication for the gout, and I, I started feeling better, you know. And then I started walking again. And the pain starts coming back. Wait a minute, I said to the doctor. You already gave me medication for the gout. How come when I walk, my, my, my feet still hurt? And she told me, it's, it's not the gout anymore, and it, it's, it's not the path that you're walking on anymore. It's your shoes. That's what she told me. It, it's true. Change your shoes. I did, and you know what? It's all good. So sometimes it's, 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 it's not the path. All right? It's, 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 it's not the, the, the goal, you know, Yvonne mentioned. It's, it's not the goal. It's what's in the way. You know, it, it's, it's what we allow to hinder. Yeah, Hebrews 11 says, Now that we have a great cloud of witnesses, those people who have been there before in this walk, okay, get rid of the things that are becoming a hindrance to this path to this race that God has given you to tread, that God has given you to run. That's what it all means. You need to get rid of all of those things. There's are many things in our Christian life that we needed to get rid of if we're going to walk with God. It's just, I mean, I, I know all of us know this, but sometimes it's good for us to be reminded that it is not the life that God has given us is the problem, okay? Sometimes it's what we let in the way of walking in that direction that God has given us. We need to get rid of the hindrances and barriers that, ad, that, ad, that, that derails the advancement of the life that God has given us. I see this a lot in, in marriages all the time, in relationships. Marriage between a man and a woman is, was instituted by God himself. There's nothing wrong with marriage, all right? It's what we allow in the marriage that often messes everything up, okay? Don't blame marriage. Marriage was established by God. 
You know, we got a lot of people now, hey, you know, you, you got this, this marriage thing for you Christians. You, you talk big about marriage, but the rate of divorce among you is just as much as, as, as those who are not Christians. And why are you so opposed to other kinds of marriages? When you cannot make your own marriage work, look at the rate of divorce. That's a false condemnation of what marriage is. Marriage is good. Marriage was established by God, and He sets the parameters for marriage. It's not the marriage is the problem. The problem is what we allow into the marriage. What attitudes we allow in a marriage. We said that we are one couple, one person in the sight of God, and yet we have two separate bank accounts, and one person watches how the other one spends. I don't agree with that. I think one is one. Okay? When you marry somebody... I'm sorry, you marry their family too. Oh, you don't agree with it? I understand. But you've been warned. I'm saying it again. There's plenty of warnings that God gives you before you get married. For example, you visit his house. And you see the father, his father, his mother, his brother, his cousin laying on the couch watching TV all day. That's a warning sign. If you still marry the guy, and then after three months of marriage, he sits on the couch watching TV all day, don't blame God. You've been warned. You take him to the movie to watch the sound of music, and he starts rooting for the Nazis. That's a warning sign. All right? we, may, we may laugh at it, but God says, I established this marriage. It's what you put in it that messes you up. We need to walk in the, in the, in the purity of, God's, of God, our God-given life. And finally, that leads us to this final point, and that is we are to walk in pursuit of our God-given light. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And again in our text, in verse 8, we're going to read the whole thing on this final point. Paul writes, For you were once darkness, but now you are what? Light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all what? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. To walk with God is to walk in the light of truth. And what is truth? 
It's not a set of principles. It's not a set of dogmas. It's not a set of ideologies. It's not a set of rules and regulations. Truth is Jesus. Walk in the word of Christ. Okay? That is wisdom. You know what the biblical definition of wisdom is? It's walking in truth. Walking in the word of of Christ. And according to our text, we are called out of darkness. If you're a child of God through faith in Jesus, you're no longer living in darkness. You're now living in the light and you need and I need to continue to walk in that God-given light. We need to continue to, to know exactly how that happens in our life. We need to pursue that every single waking moment of our lives. We don't live in ignorance of right and wrong anymore. We've already been given the light. Now we must be wise enough to live in the light, to pursue that life. And that's what wise living is according to our text. What is, what, is, what is wisdom in living? He gave us three things, right? How do you know you and I are, are, are walking in, wisdom, in the wisdom of God's truth? How do we know that this is something that's happening in our life? We do three things, right? We find out what pleases the Lord. That's the number one uh, significance. That's, what, that's the number one criteria for walking in wisdom. Find out what pleases the Lord, okay? Not Anyone else, not even your family, not even your spouses. Find out what pleases the Lord. Now I understand, I need to be sensitive. Many of you, you have come to me years and years before. and says, you know, I've struggled, Pastor, because I'm married to an unbeliever and all of that. And I, I'd like to do this, you know, I got, I, you know, get that many times. Now this is what I'm going to say to you. Be wise, okay? You're going to have to love unconditionally your unbelieving spouse, because the Bible teaches that as much as it's up to you, you have the responsibility to live wisely before them. It's on us. It's a cross that has been given to us. That we need to love those around us who are not believers, including members of our family. We all have members of our families that disagree with our faith that are not believers. We, we all have them. What do we do? We need to still love them and show them because they're, you know, they don't know. But we have the responsibility to walk and pursue that light. And God takes care of the rest. I'm responsible for my own walk with God. I, I, I cannot convert even my own children. I can't convince. You know, I mean, parents, unless the Holy Spirit, unless you pray that the Holy Spirit put, puts conviction in your children's heart, they're going to make their own decision. They're volitional creatures, okay? It's not up to you to save them. It's strictly the work of the Spirit in their life and, and, and the honor, the honorable way in which we pray for them, okay? So we find out what pleases God. That's my number one goal. And that's your number one goal. Find out what pleases God. Secondly, abandon or forsake the fruitless deeds of evil. That's according to our text. We abandon what we know are fruitless things in life. Let me give you some exam examples of fruitless things that, that the Scripture talks about. You know, harboring bitterness for something that happened 50 years ago. It's fruitless. You can't bring time back. You can't fix any of the situations. 
You can't do anything at all with what already happened. So we need to abandon that. We need to abandon those things. If we need to, to forgive, we have to forgive. You know, it's a commandment in scriptures, right? So that we can move forward in pleasing the Lord. So abandon, forsake the fruitless deeds of evil, and finally expose the fruitless deeds of evil. So number one, we find out what pleases God. We abandon the fruitless deeds of evil. But not only that, we need to expose the fruitless deeds of evil. We must do all three, not just two, to walk wisely before God. We need to do all three. Well, pastor, I'm not an evil person. But what is evil anyway? Sometimes we, we, we mis, misunderstand what, what the concept of evil is in, in the Bible. In the Bible, the word evil simply means everything that is contrary to the truth that, that God has given us. It can, it can be very big. It can be very little. All right? But it's evil nonetheless. But we have this concept that when we talk about evil, it's about murdering your neighbor. Well, Pastor, I haven't murdered my neighbor. But this is what Jesus says. Okay, you haven't murdered your neighbor. But Jesus says anyone who calls his neighbor raka or fool is already guilty of actually killing the person. That's a tough one to swallow, let me tell you. Because we think of evil as something that's so big that we're not going to be able to, to really even have a concept of doing. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. To, evil means anything that displeases God. That constitutes evil. Well, yet evil pastor is committing adultery. You know what Jesus said? Well, no, 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 no. If you look at another person that is not your spouse... With even just a lust in your eye, you already committed adultery with that person. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus is saying to please God, we need to find out what pleases Him and we need to abandon those things that do not please Him and expose in our own lives the things that are not pleasing to God. The things that are evil, the things that are not uh, going. It's a process. You, you'll never get there and I'll never get there. But, but as time goes by... We do these things less and less. Amen? That's, that's part of the sanctification process. You know, no, no, no. Jesus is not talking about just committing the big evil things. He's talking about displeasing God. It doesn't have to be big. But the point is, we need to be aware of what pleases God. Uh, we, we need to be aware that it's not just the big things, but it's the little things. As well, that pleases God. What shall we do to walk in that light? How, how, how does this happen to a Christian? You gave us three points. Now, so what? This is the title of the series. So what? How, how do I walk in the light? Turn on the light. If you're walking in darkness, you need the light. Turn on the light. In other words, be trained by truth. To a Christian, to walk in the light simply means to be trained by the word of truth. Training in the word of truth. 
Ephesians 4 says, And it was He, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for works of ministry and to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God as we mature in the full measure of the statutes of Christ. These are how we're trained. Did you know that you, you are a gift from God? Some of you here, I mean, I, you know, when we read that passage, we think, oh, pastor's teacher. He, he, they're talking about you, pastor. They're talking about, they're talking about these gifts, okay? They're talking about these gifts as if they're titles. They're not titles. They're gifts. Any one of you can be an evangelist and been gifted to be an evangelist. Any one of you can be pastors. All of us in the body of Christ, this is not an office per se. This is not a title per se. This is a gift. In other words, when you are in the church, when you're in the body of Christ, utilize those gifts. Find out what they are because that pleases God. If you know your gift, that pleases God. And if it pleases God, you know what? You'll operate in it in ministry. But we've been stereotyping this thing. Oh, the pastor who wears the suit... He's the pastor. No, 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 not at all. By title, maybe. But these are gifts that God has given the church. Uh, you know, you know there, are, there are apostles here. Small a, okay? And don't be putting a title in front of you, big a apostles. There's no such thing. You're not an apostle, Paul. If you say that you're an apostle, you know, you better give me proof that you've written scriptures. Then we'll give you a capital A title. No, but, but, but some of you, you have, you have the ability to, to counsel, encourage people. We turn on the light. We surround ourselves with people who are walking in the light. How are we going to walk in the light when we don't have the light turned on? It's a process of sanctification. We are being made complete in Christ as we walk closely with God Daily, and you are in a church uh, that that uh, that I believe have those giftings. You're just not turning it on, turn on the light. All right, you will discover that uh, people have no problem believing in Jesus. You know, I, I mean that's just the case. Uh, 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 you know, we, we, when we tell people about Jesus, we, we have no, you know, a lot of them have no problems with, with Jesus per se. A lot of them have problems with the authority of Jesus. That's what we're, we're facing with, okay? Why? Because Christians aren't walking. We are not walking hardly enough in that light. You know, we're, we're, we're no longer evangelists to people. We're no longer pastors and teachers to people. We're no longer apostles or, or, or church uh, working type of people. We're no longer those. We, we, we leave it up to professionals. We leave it up to institutionalized system. But the Bible says that we have been all been given gifts. These are gifts to the church. These are not titles. These are people that God plants in the church. And if we walk in that light, people are going to see who Jesus is. They oppose Jesus because they think that Jesus is, you know, Jesus loves them the way they are because they haven't been taught what it is that Jesus was trying to tell them. And, 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 and you know, they've never been given that challenge. I don't need to tell you that being a follower of Jesus in this day and age is just as difficult and challenging as it, as it was on the day he ascended to heaven. 
And that's why these letters were written to the church. You know, the apostles shed their blood to proclaim this gospel that is once and for all delivered to the saints. There are no other gospels. There's only one gospel. And the, 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 the apostles that brought it to us, they all shed their blood so that we can have them. And the question now is, what are we doing now with what we've been given? It's powerful. The word of Christ is still powerful. May I challenge you? It still changes lives. I believe that Jesus still changes lives today. I believe that Jesus still transforms lives today. I believe that Jesus still restores people, marriages. He restores what the locusts have eaten, the Bible says. There's still forgiveness. There's still reconciliation available to anyone who will believe. But they'll never know about this until they see it in those who are walking in the light. We are not commissioned simply to declare a message. We are commissioned to bring the light of heaven to a dark world. Jesus brought that light to us. He showed that light to us. God loves people. People are God's crowning glory in creation. People are the greatest testimony of God's creative power. People are the jewel the crown, the very glory of God's creative power. Not because people are smart, not because we're intelligent, not because we're clever, not because there's something in us that, that is very creative, not, not because we can dream and things happen, not because of our great intellect and, 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 and capabilities and abilities. We are God's greatest creation because we're the only creation that's able to walk and talk with Him. That's so important that it warrants us to follow the way of Christ. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.